Welcome to the Center in the City podcast. I'm your host, Wade Brill, and during this series, I'll be interviewing various thought leaders, wellness experts, and humans on how they practice sustainable self-care and mindfulness. We'll get real and raw, talk about the light and the shadow side of self-care and mindfulness, and how we can actually stay centered amid the chaos and the hustle and bustle of our modern day world. So settle in and get centered. This podcast episode is brought to you by Centered in the City, a virtual on-demand self-care and mindfulness platform with over 200 different meditations, journaling prompts, nourishing recipes, and Pilates flows, all designed to support you feeling calm, focused, and energized as you live your life in this modern day world. For more information, head on over to centeredinthecity.org and claim your seven-day free trial. Welcome back to the Centered in the City podcast. Today, I am here with one of my great girlfriends, Alex Katz, to discuss, to debrief, to share our silent meditation retreat that we did a few weeks ago. For those of you listening who are like, what is a meditation retreat? Let me break it down. Very different from a yoga retreat that you might go to in Costa Rica or Bali. This meditation retreat has roots in the insight meditation tradition. And we personally did a retreat through Spirit Rock, which is based in Marin County. If you've listened to my podcast before, I've talked about my month-long retreat. I've talked about some other silent retreats I've gone on. And you all seem to love it. So I wanted to bring Alex onto the podcast to share her experiences since this was her first meditation retreat to share our experience because it was pretty unique what we ended up co-creating and to maybe inspire you to create your own retreat, create some sacred space away from the doing, the busyness, the noise of everyday life so that you can maybe discover and feel and connect to something new about yourself. A little backstory on Alex and I. We became friends, I want to say over 10 years ago when I moved to Seattle. Alex had been in Seattle about a year prior to me moving, and she was one of my Pilates students. She would come to Pilates class when I was teaching at Moda Fitness in Capitol Hill, if any Modis are out there know that you're loved, what a special place that was. And I had shared in my class, hey folks, if anybody was interested in joining a journal circle to please come find me after class. And Alex did. And from that moment, built this beautiful friendship. And we're here today to talk about our experience together. A little bit about Alex is she is a multi-passionate person who is deeply curious about the world around her and seeks out the beauty of everyday life. Over the past five years, Alex has found great fulfillment as the Director of Membership and Partnership for The Collective based here in Seattle. Alex is in a current pivot point in her life, exploring her next career moves and next stage of life and journey. You can learn more about Alex in her full bio in the show notes. Whether you're taking this podcast episode on a walk, in the car, cooking, doing some work, let's settle in and let's get 
centered. Alex, welcome to the Centered in the City podcast. Thank you, Wade. I'm happy to be here. So this episode, the intention is to share with listeners, if they care, I hope they will, (laughs) Um, uh, a little bit more about our silent meditation retreat experience. It was pretty unique. And, you know, the intention for... Uh, me wanting to have this conversation with you is not only because this was your first retreat experience, so to share what it's like to go on your first retreat for people who are hungry and curious to learn more about retreats, but also because I think what we co-created was so unique and special, and I hope it just inspires people to design their own retreats, whatever that gets to Mm -hmm. look like for them in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to kick us off by you sharing with us one practice that you do on a daily-ish basis. Maybe it's a ritual. Maybe it's just an intentional practice that supports you staying centered, whatever centered means to you. Well, top of mind and relevant with this topic, I would say, is my daily meditation practice. This started a couple of years ago when I was turned on to the Insight Meditation uh, app and was, at the time, actually relying very heavily on the guided meditations, which um, were super supportive for that time in my life. And uh, I would say, as I've gotten more comfortable with this practice, it has turned into, starting in the morning with a, a silent sit, anywhere from five to 45 minutes, and yeah, it's, it's, it has turned into something that I kind of felt I should be doing to something that I genuinely look forward to. And yeah, I, I try to make time for that every day. What inspired you? Like what was your, yes, besides just being turned on to a helpful tool like Insight Timer, which I'm a meditation teacher on Inside Timer. Just a little selfless plug there. Like, what turned you on to saying, like, yes, I want to give this a try? Hmm. I think it was. Gosh, I'm thinking back to to that period um, of my life. Uh, I mean, one was having really mindful and more spiritual people around me who. Um, I saw incorporating these practices into their daily lives and figured like, oh, there must be something to that. And I, you know, it might've been a busy period at work or just feeling the, the natural stressors of, of every day and, and, and implementing things that might help um, alleviate some of the some of the stress um, that we that we experience, and so yeah, it's always interesting. I think to explore what brings us to having a meditation practice. Like for me, it was my shit storm. Uh, well, I guess originally it was like a class in college, but I came back to it intentionally because of going through my shit storm of battling cancer and losing my mother at the same time, and it just like needing something in my life. Mm-hmm. So it's always interesting of like, huh, what inspires people to devote time and energy and focus to this practice? Because it's not easy, as you know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's talk about our retreat together. 
And just to give people a little bit of context, Alex and I, because I knew Alex was deepening her meditation practice and into exploring a retreat at some point, we had talked about it. I've had shared my retreat experiences with her in the past. And I was wanting to go on a retreat around my birthday. And Alex also happens to have an April birthday. And so I planted the seed of, hey, there's this virtual retreat through Spirit Rock happening. Would you be interested in renting an Airbnb together and kind of making, you know, our own retreat conditions and experience? And I was like, no pressure, like just planting a seed, let me know. And you are so <laughs> up for it and kind of into it kind of right away. Yeah. And I loved it. And we spent some intentional time before talking about what it gets to look like, expectations. That, I, that part I actually think, just to interject, yeah. I think is worth talking about because I know going into this as my first experience, wondering what I should pack. Do I need a journal? I know that's not typical protocol if we're doing it on land. And you made the really great point of saying, well, actually the, the work of the retreat starts prior to the retreat in thinking about how much intentionality we want to bring to the preparation. Um, and that, that helped. Yeah, because there could have easily been us just walking into this week of assumptions. Mm-hmm. And I knew my mind wanted to create as much replica of retreat conditions as possible, knowing like it's not going to be the same. Every retreat is so different from the past. However, I wanted like certain meals. I wanted there to be vegetarian meals. I wanted there to be on retreat. And I've shared this in, pa- in the past if you've listened to other episodes, you know, there's normally like a oatmeal bar in the morning <laughs> and there's lunch is the biggest meal and then dinner typically is like a soup and something super light. And and I noticed how good that kind of rhythm and structure felt on retreat. And so I shared that with you of like, we can do whatever we want, but just offering like, hey, this is kind mm-hmm. of a framework. And then of course, it felt really good to have the guided schedule and structure and teachers through Spirit Rock to also hold our container, which we will, can definitely talk more about. But yeah, to your point, so we we set up intentional time beforehand, met at coffee shops, took walk and talks to talk about our intentions, to talk about if what we we're even bringing. to talk. Yeah, exactly. Like, do we want to make this a complete silent retreat? How much tech, like... We both wanted, we both brought art supplies and didn't end up touching them, right? Like we, we talked about like, oh, it could be so many things. So yeah, I'm curious, like what from our planning, what was supportive for you going into a retreat structure since this was like even kind of completely new, the retreat retreat structure? Well, all of it really. I mean, I I think having um, your experience um, was real asset to just leaning into to trusting the experience um and you know it certainly doesn't hurt that we know each other so well after all these years and so you know I trusted that whatever the outcome was going to be a positive shared experience you and I both love a good grocery shop and so I think <laughs> that was... we went so overboard people but yeah that was something that we could both get excited about the meal planning and yeah and I you know 
I, we can touch on maybe more of my story in this period of transition in my life. The fact that I have so much going on right now, it was just kind of like one more element of like, why not just trust the process and throw myself into a new experience where generally unknowns are quite uncomfortable for me. And this is a season of getting more comfortable with them. And so, yeah, you planted that seed and I was just willing to, <laughs> ready to go with it. I know, which is so awesome. And we, once we got to the Airbnb on Lummi, we both were like, wait, we've never gone away with each other. Like, how is this going to work? I mean, we're really good friends. We trust each other. We're on the same wavelengths with a lot of things. But it's kind of like, oh, yeah, we've never, we've had like one sleepover before, maybe two. A couple, yeah, but not with a prolonged period of time and navigating in silence and, yeah. <laughs> totally. And and to your point, we're both entering, as I feel everybody is, entering into retreats with, our own shit that we were going to sit with um, and really face and, and hold space for one another, not knowing what that was going to look like. And I also thought it was interesting because I was like, I've done this virtual retreat set up with my husband before and we realized that being completely silent was just too hard. And so we created the structure of silent throughout the day and after dinner we can talk for a few hours and then silence again begins you know going to sleep and waking up in the morning and that worked for us and so I I shared that with you because I was like we also get to have a little bit of looseness with our structure and I appreciate the intentionality to go complete silence so I'm curious like what was surprisingly hard for you about this retreat about our week long and what was surprisingly easy I'll start with the surprisingly easy was how, how really easy it was to find such deep contentment mm. and I would even go so far as to say moments of bliss uh, when doing so little there are m- I have many periods throughout the week when I felt there was nowhere else I, I desired to be um, other than in that moment. And I recall even sharing in kind of another period of, of our debrief where uh, it was kind of fun to think about, like, what was, what was my favorite point in any given day? And it was actually hard to choose because the morning, the quiet morning brought a lot of tranquility and enjoying our little oatmeal bar uh, or breakfast side by side in silence um, to then lunch being um, a heartier meal and maybe it was sitting outside in the sunshine um, and then evenings we had the the great dharma talks and um, anyways not to recap our entire schedule but there was just like a lot to love so yeah I guess for somebody who generally has a lot of stimulation in their life and a lot of social activity. And I I think I surprised myself by how easy it was to be in silence and quiet and space. Okay. Yeah. On the challenge side, one thing that comes up for me was the walking meditation where, you know, we had the, the alternating quiet sitting with the quiet intentional walking. And for whatever reason, I 
didn't feel inclined to do that. This was my version of really listening to my body and my heart and in, in going through this process. And um, I still, I don't necessarily, I haven't worked out the reasoning behind it, but I just noticed every time it was time to get up to walk, you would go uh, to your favorite path outside in the garden and I would use that time to, um, okay, true confession, I would read a little bit. Um, I would do different kinds of movement that I hadn't made time for recently, but that I love things like Pilates or yoga, um, or do my cold plunge. Um, and yeah, I, it, it was just not something that was speaking to me. And so it was, it was hard in that sense to, well, both, you know, stick, stick to the program as it was written, but then also release my maybe guilt or shame feels too strong, but maybe some of that coming up around um, not doing what it was quote unquote the right or expected thing in that period. Mm. I appreciate you sharing both of those, the easy and the challenging aspect on retreat. And I can totally resonate around walking meditation. I used to hate walking meditation. (laughs) It was such a challenge. I know it's a very strong word, but I would resist it until... I feel like I did it enough in day-long retreats to actually feel the benefit of Mm. it. And so for me on retreat, I actually craved the walking meditation because after sitting so long in about a 45-minute sitting meditation, my body wanted to move. It wanted to integrate that kind of Mm. stillness and receptivity and presence in and so yeah I and I missed definitely some walking periods I didn't follow the schedule to a T as it as it's designed and you know the intention around the schedule is to hold structure but when you do go on land on retreat you start to see there's this permission to also take your practice on a hike to Mm -hmm. sit on a bench outside and feel the natural elements around you so I knew, you know, it was like we're not getting a letter grade for for this structure. <laughs> for me, something that was really easy for this practice was was cooking meals for one another. Like mm. that was so beautiful and blissful how we kind of mostly in silence. Sometimes there'd be like a quick mouthing <laughs> Uh, a lot of note writing to one another, but around, you know, hey, I'm going to make lunch today. I'm going to make this. Does that work for you? Or can you make this today? Or, you know, we would kind of go back and forth, but it just felt so easeful. And that, because food is so many things to me, you know, mm-hmm. security and love and nourishment and creativity, it it just felt so nurturing to be in this like beautiful balance together in cooking for one another and in silence and to also practice mm-hmm. what one of the intentions is on retreats is to receive without expectations. Mm. So when you would cook something to drop my controlling mind and to be able to just receive it and receive it as a gift and this beautiful offering. (laughs) So that was really easy for me. Something that was challenging that comes to mind is noticing how sensitive I was, like how just how sensitive doing this deeper work that my body feels, my emotions feel. And sometimes I knew I just needed to like 
actually get outside and and have some separation from your experience versus my experience because I think I can totally be a sponge sometimes to other people's energy not that your energy was not beautiful (laughs) and not that I like it was like it was toxic and I needed to be truth comes out no yeah I needed to not be around it it was just more (laughs) of a like oh I can easily absorb that and I'm Mm. going to step outside I'm I'm going to take my practice outside or my practice is going to be here and noticing so that was that wasn't even the challenging part it was this kind of what comes with that is like noticing my judgmental mind of like oh I hope she doesn't feel like I'm making her uncomfortable I hope she doesn't think you know like how easy it is to get into our heads around assuming we know what's happening to the other person mm-hmm. so that was definitely challenging something I would like notice arise breathe through it and let it go separating myself from a story that my mind was fucking making up mm-hmm. well it is also really interesting to notice I mean you mentioned how you're sponge to emotions but in that environment we are also just more porous to the the energy the emotions that are coming up because of all the heart opening work that we're doing that was also just something that I noticed I mean it's hard to even put into words as I've been trying to convey this experience to to people but there was just a literal feeling of heart expansion mm-hmm. over the course of the week which is both beautiful and a bit scary because mm-hmm. well yeah <laughs> so much passes through the heart i felt during that retreat and after it like wow we, you were meant to be my buddy on this i was mm-hmm. meant to be your buddy mm-hmm. on this because i felt so held and supported and nurtured by you without us even talking. And mm-hmm. I think I just want to emphasize that, like how powerful it is to be in relationship to people and just share and hold space. We don't have to fix anybody. We don't have to do anything. We don't have to pretend. We don't have to put on these masks. We don't have to dress up. Like we could just show up as our raw, authentic selves. And I was sharing this with somebody that, you know, that we were in complete silence and their response was like, wasn't that awkward? And so it was like, <laughs> no, it was the most Mm-mm. beautiful thing. And to be able to witness each other's energy, you know, was so beautiful. Like I loved watching you be in your own process and to know you were doing your own work and to like hold space for that happening while I'm also in my body mm-hmm. doing my work and, and my process. Yeah, the quiet companionship, I would say. Just felt very very tender and very natural to be moving alongside each other, but in kind of our our individual experience. I cried at the end because I had this like realization of, wow, my heart and soul have been missing this in friendship. Mm -hmm. You know, I think over the last few years, especially the pandemic, being able to just have that deep shared physical experience with friends and it be heart-based, not have to have alcohol, not have to have entertainment, but that we could both be full permission to be our raw selves. And it, I cried because it just felt so good and like, mm-hmm. wow, this is possible. So for anybody that's wanting that or notice like there's a yearning for that or you have had that and recognize how special it is too, like it is it is out there. You can cultivate that with with your friends. Yeah. 
granted, you know, we have known each other for nine years. Um, so there is some, that, that definite foundation of, of safety and trust that was pre-established, you know, could, could, could we go into this as strangers and share a cozy house and do this? <laughs> you know, not strangers, but I don't know. It's just interesting to think about. Well, when you do go on retreat, but you, the people on land, yeah. yes, totally. I know. As I was saying it, I realized. <laughs> no, but it's but I think it's a good, it's a really important thing to recognize in our culture how we do have all of these barriers we put up around connection, and when on retreat on land with all of these strangers, I've said to people like, I end up feeling so close to these people that I've never even spoken to. And, you know, one of the things on retreat that you and I were laughing at <laughs> after the fact is, and again, just to give some context that there was a, virt- it was a hybrid retreat. So there was about a hundred people on land at Spirit Rock and there was about 20 people doing this retreat virtually. And so we got to watch everybody in the main meditation hall and listen to the main meditation teachers. And we also, in a virtual sense, had our own meditation teacher and we had our own kind of virtual mm-hmm. sangha, which means group that we meditated with and connected with. And we laughed about like how our mind made up stories around the people in our virtual sangha. And I'm like, yeah, and that's what happens on retreat. Like I remember on my month long creating this whole story in my head about this person. And then at the end of the retreat, when people start talking, you know, this guy had like a British accent. And I was like, well, it was not in my, like, <laughs> story. my storyline. Yeah, that was not in my expectation, right? And so, but how our hearts feel so connected and we don't even know their last names. Yeah, I know, it's true. It, it was fun having, I mean, we had our own uh, little pod or container that we created and then, um, the shared virtual space, it is actually surprising how much energy passes through the screen. I mean, maybe not surprising. I think everybody's probably experienced that with um, Zoom these last couple of years. Um, but to be on Zoom um, with more intention and mindfulness uh, and connecting with people in that way who are also having very powerful individual experiences you get attached to these people and and yes it is kind of fun to like there are certain people you you know we were like looking forward to seeing just the familiar faces and um yeah we're both kind of smirking because do you want to talk about this term please share (laughs) okay I told Alex that at the end when we were doing the debrief that there's something called the Vipassana romance or Vipassana crush. <laughs> and what essentially this means is that, you know, when you're sharing this heart-opening space with people, mm-hmm. you recognize that love is abundance. Love isn't just for your family or your romantic mm-hmm. partner, but love can be shared anywhere with anything. And and so you sometimes have crushes on people and again create these stories and let the mind kind of gallivant off in romantic storylines and so that definitely happened for we had fun with that yeah we we you know and we chatted about that experience at the end but you know one of the intentions of going on retreat is to spend intimate time getting to know our mind and our heart getting to understand our thought patterns without judgment getting to understand and touch into our emotions and being able to meet our suffering which is part of human life with a lot of care and kindness and compassion and compassion and joy and equanimity and so through this experience I'm curious like what are some and this is a big question but like what are some of 
your takeaways from the retreat itself or, or rituals or insights that you have been integrating into your life we're about one week post meditation retreat oh my gosh so much but earlier in this conversation I talked about how how easy it was to feel contentment with such a simple structure and in the simplicity of our day it was so special to get quiet enough and create enough space from the usual distraction that you kind of sync up with nature's rhythms mm. and I was so enamored by all the all the movement around us that I rarely if ever make time to notice like seeing a bee up close cleaning its wings or the spider in the corner that we both freaked out about <laughs> But in, in like slowing down to actually watch it catch a fly in its web and eat it in front of us. I don't know if I've ever seen that happen. Um, and watching the vines grow up the ladder over the course of the week. Um, you know, we both, for context, Wade and I, you know, we would eat breakfast facing the same direction out the window um looking out the window with you know we have different views but side by side and in and in my view was this ladder with vines growing up it and I remember thinking like is it just my imagination or am I watching them grow and so I I noticed that notch a, spe a specific notch on the ladder to see over the course of of the week if it would reach that notch and sure enough by Thursday it had surpassed it and I was just in awe of of taking the time to watch nature flourish but also die around us um so this is sorry a long-winded way of saying I connected really deeply with how we really are one with nature and and bringing that back to how I navigate in, in my day-to-day -day, kind of watching it around me have finding more moments to like really stop and smell or watch the <laughs> notice the roses yes the slowing down to recognize nature to recognize pace natural pace you know and how much that's one of the things in walking meditation I connect to is like finding that slower pace I don't have my New York City strut <laughs> on <laughs> and to like slow down and, and be with that natural rhythm that our modern day life just kind of bulldozes over I think another thing for me is how the the time that we create in retreat allows for us to get in touch with this deep inner wisdom and and this intuition that we all have but often aren't um, super attuned to because of how much stimulus is in our our daily life and that just became abundantly clear how loudly it can speak to us if we get still enough to let it come through and just this newfound confidence I have in 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 navigating kind of coming back post retreat um uh and letting my intuition guide 
decisions, interactions, and, and yeah, just being more comfortable with that. Knowing that I, I, I just can read, I can hear the signs basically from, from my body in a way that I, I wasn't fully confident in before. Could you, like knowing what you do know now about your intuition, having had that time, the space, the silence to listen, do you now look back and see like, oh yeah, those signs were there in my day-to-day life. I just didn't have the quote-unquote confidence to know that's what it was saying? Yeah, for sure, some of that. Mm. Um, It's interesting because I think I've shared this before on the podcast that I used to believe retreats were kind of bullshit. I used to think they were just these like privileged ways that we get to escape Mm. our everyday life and our responsibilities to go somewhere beautiful and nice. (laughs) And it wasn't until I needed to start to go on retreats for my meditation teacher certification that challenged that view. And I recognized, oh my God, retreats are this kind of a boot camp. They are this intense experience with these extreme conditions, intentionally extreme conditions, like no speaking and, you know, meditating for 16 hours a day and certain rhythm, all of these things to create the opportunity for us to listen to ourselves and hear ourselves and feel ourselves on a deeper level. After my first retreat and I could feel that, I was like, oh, wow, that's possible. And it actually gave me more motivation to stick with my personal meditation practice so that I could stay connected to those inner voices of wisdom and stay connected to what you shared earlier too of of like that sense of oneness that we're all connected. One of the things that I'm curious to hear from your experience, do you feel that you got any specific insights from retreat that you wouldn't get necessarily in your own practice? Oh, yeah, for sure. But I also want to preface with the fact that, um, you know, kind of referring to um, these retreats as being a little bit of a boot camp. They are, and just the fact that we were actually able to do this outside of the on-land retreat center space, which, you know, by, by maybe many people's standards, it would seem like kind of the, the lighter, easier approach. And by, you know, it is in some ways, and yet for both of us, it excavated quite a lot. And I mean, it brought a lot to the surface. It was still very profound. And so just to share that in, in hopes that it, this alternative version of a uh, retreat lends some motivation for anybody who's considering it. Yeah, I appreciate you emphasizing that it doesn't have to be harsh or hard mm-hmm. to get results. Mm-hmm. And actually, the last few retreats I've gone on on land have not been the right conditions for, I mean, it's brought up some deep shit and not that our retreat didn't but the way that we had things structured I felt like I had so much more capacity to meet the suffering and the shit that arise with care instead of feeling like I'm kind of stuck in these harsh retreat conditions to like yeah to like kind of be in the process by myself I have a question for you yeah I think one element of the week that's important to bring up is that your birthday actually did take place over the course of the week in silence, which is um, not the way that many would envision spending their special day. Um, 
And I'm wondering what that experience was like for you. Mm. Thank you for the question. Yeah, uh, I would have never, I'm not a huge birthday person. I used to love birthdays and that definitely changed after I was 21. And I, like, the birthdays are special to me in a sense of like honoring my life, honoring my body, but I don't, you know, need a huge party. I don't need a lot of balloons and whatever. But you like a good time. But I, but I like uh, honoring, you know, and honoring of self. And so it was, I was curious to see what it was like to be in silence, to know like I'm not going to get the text messages from mm-hmm. friends and family right. or the emails or the messages and to just be able to know and trust and feel the love of everybody out there and not necessarily like have it be a tangible receiving of something, but just to trust in the mm-hmm. feeling is out there. And you also did the most like beautiful job as a friend holding space for that. You know, I I woke up and Alex had made a happy birthday sign and had a couple little presents and a card. And my husband gave me a card to open on my birthday. And I had a really profound Mm -hmm. meditation sit that morning. And I just felt mother nature giving me a lot of birthday love mm-hmm. to your point of like simplicity being enough like it felt like enough my the candle my oatmeal and my <laughs> in the morning was like like it was like wow and to have no expectations of anything and then to be just delightfully surprised was so heart opening and warming mm. and i think that's a huge takeaway for me on this retreat was recognizing just my thought patterns a lot nothing that's new quote unquote but just like how much my mind loves to plan and control and creates expectations and how expectations are so toxic to self and to other relationships and just how can I be with not only that pain that comes with failed expectations or just Mm -hmm. even having expectations but how much pressure that puts on people how much pressure that puts on myself and to offer a lot of care for that pattern and also recognize I can start to change it because when we have awareness of our thought patterns we have awareness of our habits we can from there start to choose differently it doesn't happen overnight but it's a it's an opening. It's practice. Yeah. That was a really special day in a lot of ways. And also interesting that it was it was a an emotional start to the day for both of us, actually. I think it was like that point in in the week, Thursday, where you had a good cry and then ten minutes later I had a good cry and we were on different floors of the house and could could hear it and and hold space for that and also just knew that we were each okay in our individual experiences and um, we were processing what needed to be processed and um, I just remember that being uh, a really impactful experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was. And to hold, again, that nonverbal space, like to hear you, you crying and to know that like I don't have to go upstairs Mm -hmm. and and rub your back or give you a tissue or say anything to you but that I can also just send you 
care and compassion for what you're experiencing and then also that I can cry freely and not feel like I have to hold it back because like it's going to make you feel uncomfortable or that it's going to make you feel like you have to do something for me like it was yeah total permission to just express ourselves and then the sweetest thing was like coming together you know maybe an hour after that and like making eye contact and just quiet acknowledgement and you know I think we, we shared a hug and held that for a long while and parted ways and then maybe I don't know it was time for lunch or something it mm-hmm. was just it was so good one of the things that I'm noticing after having such a beautiful experience with you Alex in this week not only connected with how we shared the space but also in like my own personal work that happened how easy you said something to me of like let's make this an annual thing <laughs> and I I love it I love the intention and part of me is like fuck yeah this is so special and I noticed my mind being like oh yeah this is going to be the same thing when we repeat it again an expectation you know so it's it's also you know, the practice of being mindful that that was a beautiful experience and to let it go, but to not grasp for it or to hold on to it too tight, but to let the seeds of all the goodness be filled in our hearts and our minds and our bodies and to trust that whatever needs to kind of continue to bloom will bloom and whatever mm-hmm. needs to be dyed off and composted will be composted. Yeah, well said. I think the experience came at just the right time for both of us, which is always the case when you embark on something like this. It kind of lands in your world when you need it to. And um, for sure, it's hard to to um, not have expectations if we were to do this in the future or to like want to, yeah, we'd kind of want to replicate replicate it because it was so special but chances are we wouldn't be in the same house we you know cooking different meals the different dharma talks different weather different weather so yeah i think if if there's anything that was gained from the week it was like the importance of staying present to the experience that's right in, in front of you or the moment that that you're in and that's it one thing that that a teacher shared was it should just it, it should be enough to just let beingness be the guide and i loved that i t- i took that away that's i think that's also something that i've to go back to our previous question that i've brought back into my daily life where more being less doing which is yeah, some, and a lot of times we get in our way doing that but if we can come back to that reminder one of the things that I'm taking away from our retreat was I connected to this deep place of calm that felt new to me Hmm. or maybe I hadn't experienced it in a very long time but it felt new and Tori Sala talked about one of our meditation teachers how she challenged us you know when the bell rang can you Mm -hmm. just pause to find some calmness and move from that place versus the kind of rustlingness of like, oh, this is, this sits over, let me get to the next thing. You know, practicing the pause, finding that moment of calm. And I really practiced embodying that to find, to move from the calm, to eat from the calm, to take a step from the calm. And 
that felt so fucking good hmm. and how badly I want to integrate that into my everyday life, especially since that's something I talk about with my clients and I preach, you know, here at Centered in the City. And it's a practice. It's not about being perfect, but I could touch it and I could feel it and it's like muscle memory and I know it's available inside of me and I get to turn my attention and intention to that place where I can move from more calm and less reactivity. You know, we were just talking about how we don't want to hold too tightly or grasp too um, expectations of a follow-up experience but is it fair to ask you like what what would you what's something you would want to do differently if we were to do this again honestly not that much I mean this was my first time doing a hybrid retreat so where there's a virtual group and an on-land group I would buy less groceries. We, <laughs> both of our, I think, like scarcity minds of like, we're not, we might not have enough quinoa, you know? Um, and like there being nothing on Lummy, so like we needed to prepare, but there was a little too much. So t- taming that back would be one thing. <laughs> Maybe finding a house that was just slightly bigger in the living room so we could kind of share space base a little bit more spread out or do movement side by side or yeah or just like kind of get a little cozier that there wasn't really a couch it was so it was a lot of ground sitting which I love but just noticing that I mean these are again are like nitpicking things but honestly I think we rocked it and we didn't over plan we talked about our intentions we talked about some communal kind of structure and Otherwise, we just kind of let it flow. It yeah, felt really good. It felt really good, especially like being so controlling. Both as a of person. us, yeah. planners, and yeah, that's that. We actually hadn't talked about that. That's a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? Oh man, I, I think, I think you kind of nailed it. Yeah, nothing. I'm, I was, I'm so happy with the experience, all the way through. I definitely, I got what I needed out of it. I think, I know. Mm-hmm. Well, Alex, thank you for being willing to do this podcast episode and to share your experience and thoughts with all of us. Where can people learn more about you and stay connected? For now, probably the easiest place is is through Instagram. My full name, Alexandra.cats. And hopefully soon, my photography website, which is in, in process. Love it. Actually, that's a really, like when we were on retreat, when we were getting to the place, Alex was like, I, it's so cute. I want to take pictures, you know, talking about just like a stepping away from our technology, (laughs) like turning our phones off, being detached, being able to like not capture every moment with a photo (laughs) is a practice. Yeah. That, that might be another one I would add to the challenges because I am constantly taking out my phone to take photos yeah more so than even like being it's not the social media that I missed at all it was actually photography is a way that I stay really present and so to notice how I could be even more in the moment without snap Mm -hmm. photos Mm -hmm. or like captures like feel like we have to memorialize things instead it was like yeah exactly it was just kind of being being stored in the body and in 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 memory which Mm -hmm. is nice or like enjoying it and letting it go that too (laughs) yeah really important actually well that that reminds me the note taking 
I also think that is a really interesting thing to to have considered. You know, one of the other uh, people in the group had asked about whether or not it was good to take notes, and meditation teacher had a great response, which is, you know, if if it serves you, take notes. But also, the reality is, how often are you going back to check those notes, and can you just lean into this idea that you're capturing what you need to, and it will be you know, if you need to recall it down the road or the things that will, that resonate will stick with you. Yes. Their words were around your heart will absorb what it needs to absorb. Yes. A beautiful insight. And I still took notes. (laughs) (laughs) So did I. But you know, um, it's a great thing to kind of sit with, you know? Well, thank you, Alex, for being here. Thank you. Thanks, Wade. If you are interested in creating your own retreat and want some support with designing what it could look like based on what Alex and I created, head on over to the show notes and download your free resource toolkit. In this downloadable, I'll share some retreat centers. I'll share some prompts around how to kind of set up your intentions and think about your vision for your retreat, how to go about finding a retreat on land or creating a virtual retreat for yourself. And if you decide to do a virtual retreat, I will also share some menu inspiration and ideas since you will be in charge of cooking your yummy, delicious meals. Make sure to check that out in the show notes and let's continue the conversation on Instagram at one wade and at alexandra.cats both are also linked in the show notes thank you for being here and listening as always and until next time stay centered